Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are very excited to be joined by Poppy Hankin and Iris McConnell of the band Girl Ray, whose third album, Prestige, is released on August the 4th via Moshi Moshi. Um, Poppy and Iris, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you both and whereabouts are you joining us from? <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, we we're very much. well. We are joining from Poppy's living room <laughs> in London Fields. Yeah. Lovely. It's true. Uh, and and how are you, you know, a couple of weeks now or just under a couple of weeks away from the release of the new album? How are you feeling? Are you sort of excited to uh, to finally have it out in the world? I think it's like, a, as I mean, it's totally cliche, there's a mix of excitement and anxiety. <laughs> um, no, but I think it's now that this is like our third album, I'm like, oh, okay, like, no, this does just happen the, the kind of week or two weeks before release. You're like, there is just this low level anxiety. Like I like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got scammed on Facebook marketplace and <laughs> over like buying a pizza oven and all of my anxiety for the album release is being channeled through this scam. So I'm like, oh, I'm no. like to my girlfriend, Oh, like, I'm just, you know, why would they scam me? Like, why would they do it? I've lost like 80 quid. It's fine. But I'm like, I just don't know why they do it. And I'm like, oh, I think you're just really anxious about the album release. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, I mean, we know in our hearts it's going to be fine, but you know, it's going to be there's fine. a lot to do. There's a lot to do. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, the pizza oven scam is a lot to be, you know, juggling know. with the album release as well. So I know. I'm it's sorry. A very, very bad. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about that. Is it, did it get rectified at all? Did you manage to get your money back? Or listen, I don't want to go into it because I I can go on about it because I don't know if it's scam. I don't oh, know right, if it's a scam. He said he's posted it, but he's not giving me proof of postage, and he's told me so much about his life that it really sounds like a scam. Right. but listen if the pizza comes i'll let you know okay well, good yeah well i mean you know we'll, we'll have to have you back on at some point to uh to find out what happened next with um with the, with the pizza oven. but um yeah i mean you know it's been what's it been now four out f- four years since the release of the last album um oh my god has it been four i think three? it's been that three years four years it's four years oh god well three and a half but 2019 three. jesus Okay. That's a long Which is my, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, I mean, every, everything pre COVID feels like, you know, an, an age away, but um, yeah, I was, yeah. I was wondering if you could sort of take us back to when work on this first started, did it start pre COVID? Was it kind of straight off the back of the second album that you began work on this or has it been a more of a post COVID project? Can you talk us through like the, the origins of, of the new record? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like, I mean, in terms of writing, it's kind of like, you know, you put out an album and then you're like, okay, time for the next. So you kind of, you have to start thinking about writing priests like uh, sharpish. Um, So yeah, I mean, I first started thinking about writing some of the tracks when we were touring Go, our last album in 20, well, we were touring it in early 2020. Um, so yeah, that's when I first started thinking about it. And then, yeah, it was definitely like written in lockdown. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of been thought about for a while. And then we recorded it last February. So it's like, definitely feels like it's had a long life already to us, even though mm. to the world, no one's heard it. Mm. So we're like, yeah, yeah 
very excited for people to actually finally hear it. Mm. Yeah, it's always interesting hearing about records that have either been made before or kind of during the COVID period, because obviously it's just, there's so many delays that come with that, that by the time you actually get around to releasing it, I, you know, sometimes people talk about feeling a little bit disconnected from the album that they made when it comes to actually promoting it and touring it and and everything else. It's a bit like, this feels like an ancient record now. Um, Honestly, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But I guess we haven't really started writing the next album yet so it's, our, our mindset is still with prestige I'd yeah, say. yeah we're not yeah. totally like um We've stunning prestige <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you know because the whole like album campaign or whatever that's that's kind of it's such a fun part of being in a band and like mm. creating a whole aesthetic and world and you know t- you know taking fun pictures and and all of this sort of thing so it's um yeah it's just kind of it's 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 just fun for us basically yeah i mean you 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 mentioned there you know you kind of create an aesthetic and a world when you're working on an album and it does feel like with each of these each of the three albums there's a feels like there's a really distinct feel to each one you know musically and sonically they they feel very they feel very much like girl ray records but they they are quite unique i think stylistically and sonically and is that something you always set out you know deliberately to do each time do you kind of have a, a bit of a blueprint for like right this is what we want to do with this album this is what we want to do with the next album or is that just the way that you naturally write and have evolved as, as songwriters it's a really good question i mean i think it's kind of it sounds a bit silly when you look back at it like that but we're definitely a band who don't we, we, we'd never want to like sit on our lo- uh, rest on our laurels or whatever the mm. saying is um like we're constantly trying to change and like uh evolve um so i think we just like really crudely set ourselves a genre for each um (laughs) for each album that we're interested in you know like uh, and have been listening to a lot um you know the last album was kind of like we were just all so into like uh mainstream pop and r&b and like noughties r&b as well um so we were kind of like okay let's just like aim for that and then if we get you know, 10% of the way there, that's cool. It's never going to sound like, you know, Ariana Grande or whatever. Mm. It's just going to sound like Galway with a slight t- tinge of R&B. Um, so yeah, with this one, you know, the same happened for disco and it's always a genre we've been fans of. Um, and, you know, we, we love so much the music that came out of that genre. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's never a conscious choice until we're going into the studio and we're like, mm. okay, this definitely feels like, you know, this artist or this genre. So it's, it's never, you know, it's only sure. when we actually start to record it and rehearse it that we think about it, I'd, I'd say. Mm. Well, yeah. and I'm right as well, I suppose, but it just depends what we're listening to. Yeah. I it mean, definitely you... felt oh, sorry with the last album is it was kind of the first time that we'd stepped into like the electronic world a little bit. Mm. But I think with this one, cause we'd kind of, dipped our toes in there already it felt a bit less scary to kind of leave our indiness behind yeah. but um, we still have our indiness yeah of course the indiness <laughs> will live within us but it's um yeah it's we yeah we're less ramshackle than we used to be i hope yeah I'm, it's you know it sounds like such a you know it, i've been absolutely loving listening to it and it's got such a 
wonderfully kind of shiny disco feel to it you know it's uh it certainly doesn't sound sort of you know ramshackle as, <laughs> as, a, as a as a listener but it's um yeah i you know I've, I've been really enjoying it and i did i read that you uh you said it had been inspired or influenced in part by the tv show uh pose um for anyone that hasn't seen the show, is unfamiliar with the show, would you be able to just elaborate a little bit on that and just kind of talk talk about what it's about and what it was about that that, that inspired you and, and how it influenced this record? Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, it's basically a, a really great show that came out a few years ago um, and it kind of centres around the, the queer ballroom scene in New York that was happening kind of in the 80s. Um, and yeah, just this underground scene of... Um, these night cl- nightclubs um, where, you know, different houses, as they were called, made up of um, queer people um, and, yeah, people on, on the margins, they would get together and they would kind of have um, what they, yeah, they they'd basically kind of like compete, um, obviously in quite a friendly way, mm. <laughs> um, but over the best looks and, and who could give the best face and who could, you know, um, dress in certain ways. Um, and it was just this whole scene that was happening in specifically in New York in the eighties. And yeah, the, the show kind of is about the, the lives of the people who were competing in part of these houses and the struggles they went through. Um, yeah. But I mean, t- for, for me personally, I, A, I just really enjoyed it as a series, but B it was kind of like super eye opening um, as to, yeah, the struggles that these people were going through in the eighties, especially as a queer person, I was like really, you know, um, it, it was really, really interesting to me and, and shocking. Um, yeah, and, and the music and the vibrancy of the nightlife um, that's shown on TV, and I know, you know, was actually happening. It was just super inspirational for, for writing, um, personally. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, can you can you talk us a little bit through like the, the kind of the nuts and bolts, I guess, of how the album came together? Like, when did you actually kind of get into a studio and start making this record and what does it look like when you're in there how do you you know how do you go about writing creating in the studio what's the yeah what are the dynamics I guess of like making a girl ray record <laughs> we can't tell you that otherwise everyone would make one <laughs> um no uh, usually so with this album um Basically, with the last album, I kind of like got to grips of using Logic to demo and to use software synths um, and like programming. Um, and it was just learning to use Logic has been like the most incredible writing tool um, that I could have ever imagined because you can just be like, oh, I wonder what it would like to have strings on this. Okay, strings. You know, you can just put whatever you want on to create, yeah, create exactly what you want to hear. So, since learning to do that, um, you know, when we went on tour for Girl, I had my laptop and was like trying stuff out um, and trying out what, you know, disco stuff. Um, and then, yeah, in in the lockdowns, it was just a case of like throwing a load of shit at the wall and seeing what stuck for different songs. Um, but yeah, so usually what will happen is I'll kind of, well, firstly, I'll come up with an idea for something. It'll be might just be a verse or a chorus. I'll send it to Iris and Soph and I'll say, has this got legs? Are you guys into it? And we'll also talk about what we want the album to sound like in advance of writing. Usually we'll say, 
what kind of direction could this go? And then, yeah, I'll send them ideas. If they're into it, I'll start to develop it a little bit further. And then once there's a solid demo, often we'll get into this to a rehearsal studio and we'll start to play around and see what it sounds like as a live band, because that's really the most important thing to us. Um, so Soph and Iris will work on their parts and yeah, it will kind of start to sound more like a real song and less like a demo. Um, and then once we've kind of done that for the whole, you know, 10 or whatever songs on the album, then we'll go into uh, a, a proper studio with a producer and we'll, we'll work on it together. Mm. It was pretty planned out this one. When we when we got to the studio, we kind of had a, a list of tasks for each song almost. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was still a really sort of like great creative environment, but it was kind of like we had quite a clear vision of how we wanted to record them in a way. Mm. And also a lot of Poppy's, the stems of Poppy's demos actually just stuck on the songs quite nicely. So yeah, they kind of, yeah, that's a good point. They made it a few of the, um, the bits from the demos made it to the, to the album we're listening to. Yeah. <laughs> Which fun. is always, I mean, this happened, it has happened with girl as well. Like the huge long synth solo at the start of the song girl, um, like that was just me in my room like da, 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 da. and I was like this is obviously going to be replaced and then it just gets in your head and you're like okay that has to stay yeah we get we get demo <laughs> syndrome quite bad yeah we really do, we really do. <laughs> have, have you found that each of the albums that you've made you've had that same approach you felt quite kind of prepared and ready going into the studio or does it kind of differ from one album to the next have there been on previous ones have you gone in and kind of work things out a little bit more on the fly you know yeah. how, how does it work I usually think, I think more and more each time we know what we're doing yeah <laughs> so for the, for the first album I mean we were 18 so we, we were going in and I mean that was just a mental recording process like it, it was just very intense two-week period we were staying up to like 2am most nights um and we didn't really know how to work efficiently together I don't think Mm. And that's probably why that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, but now we know kind of what needs to be done more. And, and we know, okay, you need to be extremely prepared before you go into the studio and spend yeah. a lot of money on, <laughs> you know, uh, on a producer. So you, but, um, I mean, yeah, that was with, with the second album girl, it was, it was a bit less pressure in a way, just because, we kind of we were staying in Margate for about a month, so we had a, a really long time. That to was make a longer, it for us. Pre- yeah. So there was a lot, quite a lot of experimentation. That's true. But I guess the experimentation with this album kind of more just happened in your home studio, didn't it? Yeah, I think because we were all at home for so long, mm. I just had time to just try a load of shit out. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about pressure, like it was because we were going to Atlanta to record this. I think that led to us being a lot more prepared and be, and being like, okay, we can't blow this, you know, yeah. this, we've got two and a half weeks in Atlanta, like, you know, we have to get this all done. So, yeah. I mean, t- can you tell us a little bit about that? How, how was it that you wound up going to Atlanta to, to record this one? So it was basically um, when we were still working on the demos of the tracks, um, our, uh, the uh, label head Stephen, who works at Moshi Moshi Records, set me up to write with Ben Allen, um, who was over from Atlanta in London, um, and yeah, and we we got on really well, and we wrote Tell Me, which is on the record, um, 
and I just really like the way he works and how he was like so precise in his vision and he really like yeah he he had a really good understanding of what we were going for I think um and at the time we had this like almost full set of demos and we're kind of thinking about producers that could work and I kind of just asked on a whim not even really knowing how successful he was <laughs> I just sort of asked his manager like would he be up for recording us? And, um, you know, he, he he's like worked with like Biggie Smalls and Christina Aguilera, yeah. which I didn't really know at the time. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but, you know, he liked the music, so we made it work. And, and yeah, and he has a great studio called May's Studios in Atlanta. Um, and for us, especially after COVID, the idea of going away and just having like a new space to record in was super attractive. So, yeah. We, we kind of made it happen and it was super fun. It was like a long holiday for us. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Working uh, holiday. And and how, how was he to work with? Because as you said, he's he's worked with some huge names, uh, big, yeah. you know, mainstream kind of pop R&B names as well. Yeah. How did it feel going in to like day one with that? Did you, did you feel kind of pressure? Was he good at kind of, you know, uh, it, taking that pressure out of the situation for you going in there what what was that experience uh, like definitely I mean he's like he's a really really friendly guy so it was like immediately you know he put us at ease I think it was you know definitely like coming from indie roots and stuff it was like a big um you know like he has he had like an engineer and an assistant engineer and you know an assistant you know it's kind of like a whole different setup there um which was like, took some getting used to, you know, mm. it's like, Minority. oh, I'm just going to make a cup of tea. It's like, oh no, don't worry. So, so we'll get you a cup of tea. It's like, that's okay. We can make a cup of tea. Um, so we're, um, you know, we kind of, we're just getting used to the whole, you know, whole new, new way of working, mm. but he was great. He really put us at ease and the whole team who we worked with um, were super talented and, um, and helpful. Mm. Um, but I think it's all just about, you know, he's worked so much, um, he's so experienced that he really knows, like I said, how to make a record very efficiently. And, mm. you know, we were on a big time uh, squeeze. So, mm. you know, but he was great. He was really, really good. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, we've spoken about the kind of different genres and things that you've explored on each of your records. I wanted to, to kind of look at some of the sort of like very earliest music that, that influenced you and kind of came into your life. I mean, what were the do do you remember that you know the first kind of music that like affected you meaningfully in your life whether that was as a kid or as a teenager or whatever but the first time you kind of remember like profoundly being sort of taken with with, with music that's Mm. a fun question yeah definitely Mm. (laughs) I think like for me like I my brother was in a band when I was younger so he he was a few years older than me and I kind of saw him uh, like tour and do all this thing which was definitely part of the reason why I was interested in being in a band mm. um, but he was like you know so I got a lot of my music taste from from my older brothers and I was like listening to Pavement and a lot of like Dandy Warhols um, like Pete and the Pirates were friends of of my brothers and stuff so it's like a lot of like <clears throat> you know 2000 uh, you know early 2010s indie and stuff like that yeah. um, but then when I actually like started listening to my own I started discovering what my own taste was 
it was it was definitely like the big albums for me were like Best Coast, um, Is It Crazy For You? Like the, mm-hmm. the big one and Vampire Weekend. And like those two were, were definitely like the biggest influences on me as a teenager. And the, the ones that really were like, you know, you just feel albums so powerfully when you're a teenager, mm-hmm. um, which is something I really miss and try to <laughs> achieve when I'm writing is like get that feeling back. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, yeah, so there's albums like that. And um, I just watched loads of KEXP sessions on YouTube as a, as a teenager. Mm. Um, but yeah, what about you? I think, well, the big one for me was the Beatles. And that yeah. was kind of why me and Poppy became friends. Really, yeah. because I just was, I just couldn't listen to anything else other than the Beatles for like, I don't know, three, three years, years of my life probably. Yeah. And that was kind of why, yeah, why I wanted to be in a band. Um and yeah, we kind of made friends because of that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, went went through a big eighties phase. I really liked the Police when I was a teenager. Okay. I had yeah, I had really, really like middle aged. <laughs> Tell man. them that I had a really middle aged man. Sort of um, I just really felt it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> really vibrant rock band right now. Yeah. And then I think well when when sort of talking about being in a band we went to see i don't know if you remember this but we went, we went white, to see white denim yeah <laughs> um who i still really like um and they they kind of i think that night i was i was thinking oh playing the drums looks quite easy actually let's do it <laughs> yeah um so yeah just yeah lots of lots of like white indie males really yeah. <laughs> unashamedly <laughs> I mean did, did yeah. you on the Beatles did you I mean you know it's obviously not a bad place to kind of kick off getting into music in a big way mm. is it but um the did you watch the the, uh, the get back documentary yeah uh, of yeah, I, yeah I'm always fascinated to see what bands and artists you know kind of take on it was I, I thought it was one of the most like incredible you know I, I it could have gone on for like three times the length that it was and i would have been quite yeah, fascinated yeah, yeah. by it what was your what were your yeah, takes on it 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 just like yeah it just made you feel like you knew them which i mean i kind of felt like i knew them anyway but like it made me realize oh girl ray and the beatles we actually don't have we actually have quite a lot in That's common. That's a cool quote. Yeah. Girl no. the Beatles. <laughs> they're just so humanised. Yeah, in yeah. the best way. And you just get on their side even, even yeah. more. I, think. I just think, like, being a musician, like, you you tear your hair out so much over over writing and getting everything perfect and all this. And, and to see the most successful band in the world having exactly the same conversations, exactly mm. the same issues and struggles in like trying to get an album made and trying to actually like write what they have in their head and, and all this stuff and, and, you know, writing shit things and writing good things. It's just like, it's so um, inspirational and like, it really, yeah, it's really amazing to see, mm. you know, as, as someone who can struggle with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I, I think it's almost like if you're, if you're in a band, you, it should almost be like, mandatory viewing do you know what I mean? yeah exactly 100%. that because it's sort of 100%. i think anyone who's in a band <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly i think regardless yeah. of whether you love hate or indifferent to the beatles whatever it may be that idea yeah. of like yeah taking the, the biggest the most successful 
band probably in yeah. history and then going look they are having the same conversations that your band is having they're having the same struggles they're singing the same chorus over and over and over and over again trying to kind of work it out and you know because yeah i no, it was such a yeah no it's vital i know it was, I mean, what was that now a couple of years ago or something but yeah i I'm, i still kind of like hearing what people made of it because yeah it's um it, it really fascinating um yeah, I mean, um, you, you mentioned as well when you were talking about, you know, the way that music makes you feel as a teenager, it kind of has, it hits you possibly the hardest that, that it ever will when you're a teenager. Have there been any records for you in sort of more recent years that have come close to, to hitting you in the same way and to kind of impacting you in the same way, any, anything that stands out? Mm, I mean, we were kind of just talking about that latest i mean it was 10 years ago now daft punk <laughs> album wait when was that like 20 2013 okay that was i think that's not recent random access memory yeah i said anything <laughs> <laughs> but no it is recent yeah more recent than no we were no no we were teenagers i think for me i was like the latest let's see grammar album mm. the like there were like a good handful of songs on there that that hit that like teenage spot for me where it's just Mm -hmm. like oh my god I can't stop listening to this I don't want to talk to anyone else about it because it's only made for me and like (laughs) we we know the girls of Let's Eat Grandma like I I don't even want to talk to them about it because they're I'm they're like (laughs) these are my songs now I think it's that thing of like feeling ownership over a song um and like it's just for you you know um yeah which yeah should be what yeah yeah I guess also quite predictable but the Heim album yeah because we like to think of ourselves as the English Heim yeah <laughs> but then you <laughs> they just, don't know that over the days, yeah, but we, yeah. <laughs> songs feel really personal but also it's like one of the biggest albums of recent times so what can you do <laughs> all it takes is three white girls <laughs> versus three white girls and yeah, yeah. no that, that really struck many chords <laughs> but yeah. that's true amazing yeah. um and you know, as for uh, taking the new album out on the road, um, what are your live plans for this album? Is is there a tour kind of in the pipeline, anything underway at the moment? What does the rest of, of the year look like on that front for Gal Ray? Yeah, definitely plans. <laughs> Lots of logistics happening. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've announced um, our in-store tour for the week of release, which we're just going to play a few record shops in the UK. And then um in november we're going to be playing around the uk and europe um and yeah we i mean i can't say too much but in october we might be going across a large body of water to another place we play some shows <laughs> so we're we're, we're, nice. we're working that out but um you know hopefully we can announce that soon yeah amazing Okay, well, you know, thank you both so much for for taking the time to join us. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you both. And um, I've been absolutely loving listening to the album as well. So wish you all the very best with the release and with the upcoming tour. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Cheers. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.